To me, magic is hope. It's joy. It's pure, pure passion. It's a feeling that we can create a better earth. It's the sparkle behind people's eyes. Magic is that secret ingredient to getting through those tougher days, and it's the thing that makes dreams actually seem possible. Welcome to an absolute passion project of mine, a collection of conversations telling the stories of people making magic real. Hello and welcome to Making Magic Real. Today's chat, episode 20, is with Kat or Tahira, or you may know them by another stage name from the very many numerous characters they've played. Kat's pronouns are also they, them. This episode is a truly wonderful insight into the creative world of performance art, and I love hearing Kat's stories about the layers of shedding they've gone through and still go through to create the art they do from such an uncensored place of truth. When we recorded this episode together, Kat was in the midst of wrapping up all the ties of creative connections with all the magical communities around Newcastle and the surrounding areas as Kat is off to Mexico, or they'll actually be settling in then by now, the time we all listen to this. I was definitely meant to have this episode out a little sooner than I planned, but it's here now and I'm feeling that it's actually the perfect time to listen to this chat for some end of year inspiration to set some massive goals for what you truly want and just go for it just as Kat shares she has so yeah when I was just editing and listening over this episode it honestly made my heart feel sparked with this warm passionate feeling to just want to keep creating more magic so thank you Kat for this feeling and for bringing the energy you do into this world I'm yeah, I'm so incredibly grateful to get to know a little bit more about Kat's colourful life and especially heartwarmed by Kat's spoken word at the end of the podcast, which she specially wrote for this episode. So I'd usually say grab a cup of tea, but it's a bit on the hot side today. So grab an iced kombucha and let's jump in to the last episode for 2022. Welcome Kat to my room to have podcast chats. <laughs> Thanks for having me, Julia. I'm thrilled to be here. Anytime. I'm so excited and I'm glad we're having this too before you jet off to another country. Yes. Yeah, so if you'd like to introduce what you've been up to at the moment (laughs) and also before we start to cat goes by the pronouns of they, them, if you'd like to maybe chat a little bit about how you stepped into that as well. Yeah, definitely. Well, thank you for having me. Um, I like all the leaves to look at (laughs) while we chat. (laughs) Yes, so I'm Kat and I am a performance artist. I do, I guess, an array of different things depending on my mood, depending (laughs) on what the world wants and (laughs) what the world can have. (laughs) Um, So it's really nice to kind of get a chance to look at it all together, you Mm. know. Spoken word, poetry is a new thing thing that I'm really feeling into I think belly dance has always been my you know true love and that was the Mm. beginnings of my life my performance life and probably my life of happiness (laughs) yeah your whole life hand in hand yeah (laughs) and you know now there's amazing things like fire dancing Mm. and roving character development you know working with kids just getting to be silly And, you know, I love to hear uh, my pronouns being used because it's Mm. something that I'm just really freshly stepping into in an outward space, something that's always been there in an inward way for me. Mm. Um, So when I hear them, I I get little goosebumps (laughs) and I'm like, oh, yay, people know. So there's nothing like talking about it on a podcast to (laughs) encourage people to take it seriously. (laughs) Just putting it out there for the realms. But, you know, that's something I had to wait to be ready for Yeah, um, because... 
it's not really always seen as a positive thing or some mm. things that people even think is real or should be happening. So, mm. you know, I've always been a bit protective of myself. Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah, so now it's the stage where I don't really care what people say yeah. <laughs> or do if they don't believe in it or they don't want to support it because I know that I have so many great conversations with people like yourself yeah. and, you know, my yeah. network of friends that are so supportive and they love it. So. I remember you telling me at Dragons and, like, by the lake and it was just mm. really nice and I was just – it's like I felt closer then to you too because it's like I'm glad you felt comfortable enough to be like this is what I would like to be called yeah I mean open dialogue is just about setting yourself free and being able to talk about yourself in the way that you see yourself and feel comfortable and not needing to explain it all the time yeah yeah I think that's the one it's like oh I don't really have all the time in this space for like long explanations if you're not interested in hearing but you know when it comes down to people that you know and love and I know that are going to listen and understand Mm. it does it feels like it's this little key like oh here you go here's this really personal thing about me and um yeah it makes me feel really comforted yeah so as you were saying like before you started belly dancing when you were eight nine Nine. so yeah what was your childhood like to get to that and your kind of your upbringing like Mm. your family was obviously encouraging of it and yeah if you'd like to yeah. Chat about chat. Tell me about your childhood. <laughs> <laughs> oh, where to begin? <laughs> I'm um I'm so lucky. I'm one of those people that from a really young age I kind of knew what I wanted. Yeah. Um, and I come from a really loving, supporting family network that I can ask for things and you know, they often will do what they can to support me and encourage me. Mm, and so, so nice. that has really like laid the great foundations for my creative endeavors in yep. life. <laughs> They've yep. always got my back. I've always been attracted to dance and music yep. and pretty lights and shiny things. <laughs> pretty light. um, my grandma often talks to me about my like me running away all the time and no one being able to find me in busy places. You're and like then, that little child that needs yeah, to be on a leash. I was on a leash. Oh, no. <laughs> and then they would go and just find the music and I would be sitting at the front watching or I would just be dancing along. So that was my like That's growing so up. <laughs> and then when I was nine, I saw belly dancing and I would usually you know mum or my grandma would grab me and be like come on let's go let's go and I would you know go with them because I knew that right but when I saw those belly dancers it changed I was like no mum we're staying for this this is not happening like I was pretty sassy um some (laughs) could say stubborn (laughs) but uh, you know I like to think of myself as determined and (laughs) strong-willed and so I just said to mum like this is what I want to do I want to be this and so she's really supportive and scoured Newcastle for someone that like a belly dance group that would take on a nine-year-old because it's not your average kind of student Mm. and my mum isn't really inclined that way so they said yes you have to come to the class yeah yeah (laughs) but she just she was there to support me she wasn't there to get into it and so she found this group which happened to be the same group that I saw um, the first time, Silk Caravan, and it was at the Newcastle That's show. so cool. And they just took me under their wings. It was like having nine amazing additional mother figures that cared for me, nurtured me, taught me everything I could, you know, soak mm. up about mm. rakshaki, which is what we actually call belly dance. Um, <laughs> <laughs> 
And cool, I didn't know that. Yeah, cool. there's so much history in it. Yeah. And I was always seeking, I think, that richness, you know, mm. rich culture, colour, music, food. There's so much you can learn and the mythology as well mm. in Egyptian culture. It's oh, that'd be just, fascinating. It's really, it was really immersive and that's yeah. what I was looking for. And so I just like took a deep dive but then it was really interesting being the type of person that I was, which was a weird little kid that, <laughs> you know, weird in the, the nicest way possible. But, you know, I didn't tell anyone about this life. So mm. I would go to school and pretend like nothing was happening. And so I was every so week in these classes. Just because you didn't want to share that part of well, yourself? Well, I think I told a few people when I was younger yeah. and people, because they don't really understand belly dancing or what it is, mm. you know, Western culture have these particular ideas which are often over sexualized oh, so um, so. and you know I was a young child and I didn't really feel comfortable with that so yeah. as soon as I had those responses I just shut it down yeah and I was like well I'm not going to let you ruin this I've got my uh, this special world that feels amazing to me mm. and I don't need to hear you hear this <laughs> so I just didn't tell anyone I love that too I'm in a bar of what you're saying <laughs> I was like no and so then it wasn't until I went to high school that I started telling like some of my really close friends who were really supportive and then it was it was so funny for <laughs> my year 10 there was a school play and you know I was I was a good kid but I also loved to take time off class <laughs> um, and so I enrolled in the play because there was so many rehearsals the dance teacher there knew that I was a belly dancer but yeah. hadn't told anyone and the play was there was this whole harem scene and there was she was like can you please like come out and do a dance and do a proper belly dance. It'll save the play. Like, it'll be so good. And I was like, you know what? She's looking at all the talent being like, yeah. we need yeah. And I was like, oh, like, people don't know I do this. I don't talk about it. This is like, is this a line? And I was like, you know what? I'm leaving. I do this play and then there's three weeks left at this school and then I'm out of here. So I was like, I'll do it. And the responses were crazy. <laughs> they were amazing, but they showed me that, you What know, were they? Like, I, people... Well, people loved it, definitely. Yep, yep. But then also, little like yeah there was like your snide <laughs> there remarks was, or there was it was just really like I don't think people are used to seeing someone use their body that way yeah and so that can cause a lot of different bodily reactions <laughs> for people <laughs> and some people would be shy about talking about it but other people like come over and be like oh my god my friend loves you <laughs> and I'm like no they don't <laughs> they were just impressed by my skill set <laughs> they don't even know me they can't but the way me. I do it <laughs> 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 so it was really interesting and so I think then I was less secretive about it but I still didn't lead the conversation with it yeah. that came a little bit later in life yeah so I think as a child I was um those quirky parts of me I was really interested in keeping them to myself and mm. internal because I did care about what people thought and I wanted to have friends and I wanted people to think that I was cool yeah and <laughs> you know you wanna, like you want to belong I think like especially yeah. in a school setting too it's also uniformed and like you don't really know Ooh. any other reality like and it's, it's so rare that you already had this like whole other reality where you yeah. did know what was possible but you're like right I just gonna keep my head down and blend in with this pack for a bit <laughs> <laughs> until I can get out of here and that's it then you find your people in yeah. that too because you notice other people doing similar kind of things mm. and you know from my creative endeavors I have built the most beautiful friendships yeah. ever and relationships that will you know I will hold so close to my heart forever mm. and so then wrapping them all up now it's like oh this is the last show with yeah. this person and you know we've been on stage so many times have together. you cried um Ooh. i w i have 
Yeah, a little bit. (laughs) On Saturday night, I was pretty emotional, but Mm. I had, I was in a punk show and I had so much eyeliner on that if I cried, it would not have been nice. (laughs) So, you know, the composure was there. Yeah. But like, you know, when your breaths start getting a little bit Mm. shorter and you're like, oh, this is emotional. Yeah. That's happening. And I think I, I feel so deeply that it's like, okay, keep it all cool. But now the performances are And you're not wearing eyeliner. And I'm not wearing. There's, I'm so emotional. Like there will be so many tears, yep. but tears of joy and tears of sadness. And mm. I think that's what transformation brings. You know, yep. it's a chance to be able to crack the shell off and like slither out yep. as this new person. But there's the growing pains mm. as well. And all the change times always feel so chaotic and weird. Mm. And yeah. yeah, so but it's a good feeling. It's yep. exciting. Mm. And that's so it's cool. Exciting. I love how just like strong you came to this earth being so young and being like bam I always say when you hear stories like that you can just tell there's such big like everyone has big things planned but you can tell mm. people have really big things planned because it's like in their soul's journey or yep. soul's contract they're like I have no time to waste they are set up from the get-go mm. like something in like something in them is so strong yeah. that it's like there's no leeway to waste any time so it's like you're starting young like, yes get started get going yeah, yeah. so I was like we've got big stuff to do <laughs> yeah definitely it's like mum take me here and I think as well having those really like powerful I've come from a strong line of independent women that mm. speak their mind and yeah work hard and you know my grandma was educated and a radiographer and for her day and age that wasn't what you know widely accepted thing was to have an intelligent woman in the room um and so I've always been taught to reach out for the stars grab the things like aim high but you've Mm -hmm. got to work really hard to get it too yeah and I think that combination allows me to do big things Mm. because I you know sometimes you can spend forever in that ideation stage like coming up with the idea ideas and I'm going to do this and I'm going to do that and it's like well you got to do it yeah once you and then you're doing oh, it you happen. go and then <laughs> because for me as well that's been kind of my business structure as well I'm quite lucky in the way that I work is when I'm at a thing I'm booking other things from that thing mm. you know so the action creates more work for me mm. and it's this beautiful knock-on effect I feel like we need more of that too there's such a thing with like manifesting and I think mm. yeah like it does have its magic but like a lot of it is like actually just doing it like it's just starting and just getting it done and that can be really scary you know and then if you do something there's a high chance that you're not going to do it to the standard that you've set for Mm. yourself and like being being okay with that and (laughs) being gentle and loving towards yourself it's Mm. like yeah that was that standard but if you look around at people's faces and they're all happy it's like you have done what you came here to do and then you know what happened in your process along the way. I think that reflection stage is so Mm. important so that next time you hit that standard. Yeah. But if you're always just aiming for that 100% perfection, you'll always be disappointed. Yeah, so true. Through your performing and as you've gotten older and stepped more into the expression so like as you were saying like you were like first you were kind of hiding it back and then you were kind Mm. of like stepping into a little bit more and a little bit more. Like how have you found over even the last year or two years like yeah have you seen that impact the way you perform the more you step into like this is who I am massively you know the way that I show up in this world's drastically changed in the last Mm. five years um 
but the way that I kind of see myself has really changed and that is really allowing to me to perform in different ways. Mm. Um, I think getting comfortable in my body has been a lifelong journey, mm. you know, but my body is my tool, is something I tell myself every day and so I can love it yeah, because love it's it's working with me. It allows me to do the things that I love. Yeah. And so that radical acceptance of mm. how you look and what your body feels like you know not necessarily comparing it to that media standard that I used to really torture myself mm. over so you did have that for time oh, so you were just so yeah. uh, you know there's been so many times where I've looked in the mirror and thought oh no mm. like that's not what I want and that's not now like I think coming into my gender and yep. being comfortable in that has really allowed me to release the expectations that mm. I've kind of thought about my body I think when I was really young in primary school people used to call me my dance group always referred to me as the little boy because I did I just looked like this little boy and it was so funny because I was belly dancing like <laughs> and you know and it, you're dancing so flowy yeah, and, like, and then I've got this like short back and sides haircut I'm you know tan skin people it was just it was so funny in a little dress yeah, <laughs> but and, on a little boy yeah and then well in primary school I wasn't making any friends you know when I cut my hair off it was like oh, who's this why did you do that you're weird and you know so then going into high school I was like you know what's gonna get me really far if I'm a beautiful woman Mm. And the beauty standard is this long, luscious hair, you know, and this confidence. And mm. so I put that on. And yeah. I think in the stage world, you have those characters. So when I perform, I could really look into that and feel into that. Yeah. But then I started wearing those hats in my everyday life, feeling like I needed to impress people and, yeah. and fit that, that beauty standard. And so the hair became a safety net, which became attached to my identity, I think, as well. It's really funny. People... When they see me, I've got curly hair and I wear glasses. And that's how you see me in life yep. always. In high school, I straightened my hair every day. Oh it was God. so important. I my, used to do that too, but I understand yeah. like such curly hair yeah. would instantly go frizzy wavy. I can what? never get it straight. <laughs> Not with the humidity of now. No. <laughs> and then I would straighten my hair and I'd put contacts in in my 20s. Contacts And as well. I would go out and people wouldn't recognise me. People mm. had my physical appearance attached to so much to who I was I was the curly haired girl with glasses yeah and you know that is how people got to know me and that's the box that I was in and that like they get uncomfortable and uncomfortable and uncomfortable so you like when you in step it. into like straightening your hair and putting contacts mm. like they would be a little bit uneasy or would they be treating you different again well like, people would just not e when people don't even realize it's you I'm like aren't I a little bit more than the way I look yeah. you know like yeah, I, I would stand in a social circle and people would take five minutes they're talking to everyone they'd be like oh my god cat and I'm like are you serious <laughs> Like, as, you know, yeah, and I yeah, just, yeah. I think it's like, has my appearance really gone that far that that's all people see? Yeah, that's so and interesting. And so I was like, Because oh, I was thinking it's such, it's often. more of an energy thing or like the well, way, yeah, it's like, the, it's like the small things in people, like the way they smile or the way their eye glint or like mm. maybe the way they stand or like, it's always those little tiny things yeah. that to like, to me, like shows you who someone is. Mm. So appearance was so important to me. And it is, I think when you are in a performance space, yeah. you do get booked. The 
reality is you get booked because of the way you look. Yeah. And that is something, a factor that you take into it. Yeah. So I was the classic belly dancer look I went for, you know. Yeah. And it worked really well. I got a lot of jobs. A lot of people thought that I was Arabic because I was such a perfectionist in my technique that mm. I looked at old Egyptian videos until I was like hitting the nail on the head. Wow. That my styling was, it looked, because I, it just looked like that I'd grown up dancing in Egypt because wow. that's the style of dance I wanted. And then I, yeah. I did the whole look as well. Yeah. And so then people would start talking to me in Arabic and I would have to tell them, <laughs> I I'm sorry, I don't understand. And they're like, oh, what? <laughs> you know, and yeah. so then again, that appearance was just made to be so important. So I think I was like, what? What something's got to give. I'm sick of it. And mm. so I decided to shave half my head off. Yeah. <laughs> my hair. No, my hair. Oh, yeah. Sorry, no, and I'm like, Can and you I'm imagine like, yeah. shaving half your whole head off? No, half the You're hair. You're like, I've had enough of these guys. I've got one eye now. I've got yeah. half me now. <laughs> See ya. And I just wanted to, you know, I wanted the outside to reflect more of the inside. Yeah. And I'd spent so long creating this veil of mm. what, you know, I looked like so that people would like me so that I would get the shows I would make the friends because in high school that's what it came down to obviously in adult life Mm. it's completely different but I didn't know that yet so you know and I thought about it and then I was like oh you know I don't want to pull a Britney like everyone's like (laughs) shave your head you must be crazy (laughs) how shit is that that that's a thing that they have to worry about that you can't just do it it's like oh she must be having they must be having a meltdown like you know like or like that's happening or yeah they they can't just be just doing it to express yeah yeah it's that it's is it a reaction or a response you know is it knee jerk like has something happened and then when covid hit i was like i was already thinking about shaving my head and i was like oh no now i can't do it (laughs) because everyone's gonna think i'm just lost in my little room i've gone crazy because i do pandemic got together (laughs) crazy tendencies so you know people would be like not surprised (laughs) they'd be like oh yeah there they go again (laughs) and so it was like oh and then I, I realized I was like oh my gosh I want to do something and it, once again in my life I'm not doing it because of mm. fear of what other people are going to think about me what people yep. are going to say about me what that means to them and I was like oh I'm mm. sick of this so I went up I went on this amazing <laughs> road trip up north and Oh, nice. I sat out in the bush in a full moon and I, oh. I had a whole ritual and I'd, because I'd thought about shaving it for so long, I thought the tears were going to be there. Like, mm. that was the one that I was ready for, to just have this, like, <gasps> what yep. have I done <laughs> moment, you know, like, oh, God. But I was just laughing, <laughs> absolutely cracking up. And I was like, it feels so good. I feel like me. Like, I really put on that, like, yeah. you know, instead of the soft, dainty person that I was trying to present to the world to be accepted, which is Mm. what the feminine space is often expected to be, I was like, no, I'm not doing that. I'm a warrior and I'm tough. Look (laughs) at me go. I've got half head, half this. I am crazy, (laughs) but it's the crazy I choose. (laughs) Good crazy. And you do, you suit it. Thank you. you. Like you look very you. And I remember reading the post when mm. at the time, it, I feel like maybe it was even a little bit just after, you'd obviously got back and you, like, put a really beautiful paragraph yeah. about it. And I was just like, get it. Like, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's that, you know, the release of what do other people have to say about me, yeah. you know, and mm. does that matter? Because that does hinder my ability to mm. create comfortably. Yeah. And I think doing that then meant now, well, 
now I do shows that I want to do. Mm. Now I book the gigs that I want to be in. Yeah. I message shows and say, I love your show, put me in it. Mm. Rather than just doing the shows that I need to do to keep myself kind of going. Mm. And that was a really big shift in my artistic career mm. is, you know, taking the charge and take, like allowing myself to do shows like you know I've dreamed of doing drag yeah, forever how was that forever like so excited to oh. hear that the photos just looked epic and I was like yeah. oh. I mean it's it's something that I've just I've always wanted to do but yeah. again you're like oh but can you do it yeah can you do it and then it's like I'd made the decision and I had the character and I was practicing at home what was your character my character so I didn't use the name on the yeah. show only because I'm leaving and I couldn't <laughs> I couldn't like fully rebrand a, a other identity <laughs> so I wanted people to know it was me but the character is surrender your gender nice. and it's this like fierce unapologetic but funny and silly and completely stupid <laughs> just there's no gender to it it's yep. not you know it's not a man trying to be a woman or a woman trying to be a man it's like it's everything all at once yep. and you know take that and, <laughs> and put it in whichever little category you want because I like to be in all of them yeah. <laughs> you know and it was so empowering I've mm. it was the most fun I've had on stage in a long time but it's so, so hard good. to book a show like that because when people book me for the things they know I do yeah. as well and so you know big shout out to Queer and Now mm. because they are creating spaces for queer performers to do what they want to do mm. rather than do what I want you to do, which yeah. is a really different space to work in. It's like, yeah. here, do whatever you like. I was like, I'm going to have a beard and glittery lipstick and I'm going to be as hot as I've ever yeah. felt, you know? <laughs> and did you, like, performance-wise too, what did that performance look like? Like, was it, like, now when you perform how you want to, mm. is it, like, that mix of, is it burlesque, is it belly dance? Like, is it literally, are you blending them all together? Like, where does it come from when you're like, I want to perform how I want to perform mm. how does that look it does change it depends on how I'm feeling yeah. <laughs> but it's it is turning more into a blend I yeah. think I tried to work on all of these artistries separately mm. for a long time and if I was belly dancing I was only belly dancing and yeah. if I was doing fire I was only doing that it was like just pick one but now that I know in myself that you can be everything all at yeah. once I'm like okay so my first drag performance was drag burlesque and fire yeah cool and so doing all of that in massive places platform heels like <laughs> it's it, yeah, it yeah, live on the edge <laughs> it felt true and you know my yeah. mum always is like because she sees me before whirling around in my like tornado trying to get my stuff together and she's like you're doing so many things like could you just do one and I'm like don't insult me like that mother just one <laughs> you know I've got all these talents I want to show them all yeah. off how am I going to squeeze it in it's show and tell yeah. now everyone's looking at me <laughs> and so it's really nice to be able to meld them all together so it depends on the land I'm working on it depends mm. on the space but now I get little bits of each and but yeah. it's all about the music that's the the first bit is to find out what music I'm going to be using because mm. that paints the picture and that's a very belly dance thing you know it's all about musicality yeah it's a very big part of the performance style is connecting to the music and telling mm. the story of the music with your body yeah so I try and pick all the little pieces and just um, and I love your process push. too because I, I remember actually I think it was for a Dreamweavers yeah you were in the car and you were planning a performance and you had your book and all your colored pencils which you brought along today that's what I was like <laughs> Cases here, like okay, so the, the famous pencil. <laughs> yeah, do you want to chat about? Because I have a 
haven't seen, I guess I haven't seen a lot of people plan their performances, but I just hadn't seen Ooh. someone plan their bef- something like that before. And it was just really interesting. Like yeah. how you, yeah, how you plan. Cause you like, you tune to the music, but then you. Well, I think jumped. for me, yeah, I, I, <laughs> it's a lot of like thoughts. I, I, most of my performances, the movements themselves are mm. all improvised on yep. the spot. I, I like to dance from that space of feeling mm. and it's when all those eyes get on you, that's when you feel the feeling. So yeah. it's really hard <laughs> to plan that before. <laughs> so w- when I think about performances, I think about the words that I want to be, you know, saying. So I'll have like key mm. phrasings that I'm thinking about in my head to attach to a emotions I'll Mm. pick an emotion that I'm trying to embody yeah and I'm a color-coded person my whole life (laughs) is color-coded like everything has a color from like people to feelings to places to time color am I oh you're (laughs) (laughs) put you on the spot you want to know no you're very green okay yay yeah everyone always wants to like tell me about me (laughs) no I love that you definitely are but you're green to me you could be to anybody else you could be any other thing but you're very very what color are you well, I mean, I change colours. Yeah, yeah. I hold the pencil case. But at the I'm moment, <laughs> I am all of it. At the moment, I'm red, um, oh, yeah. which is pretty true to form. Yep. Um, sometimes I try and be other colours, but <laughs> red's the true one. Yeah. And so then I just create pictures. I'm so visual that mm. I need to see it to believe it kind yep. of thing. So, you know, I draw little pictures of what I <laughs> – and it's not – at all movements or anything but it's like this is what I'm trying to be and so the notepad lives very close (laughs) to me at all times and the beautiful little pencil case that Mm. my mum got me that rolls up and has little chickens on it (laughs) (laughs) from the markets out at Stroud (laughs) yeah so cute And because things just come to me when they do, if I don't have my stuff with me, it's like, well, I'll get this great idea and then it'll never exist again because I haven't recorded it. And I've had so many of those moments that I've learned to just keep it with me and have it there just in case. I'm like that in like, I'll be driving and I'll get this idea and I'll be like getting a receipt that I've just like had and like (laughs) writing it on my like wheel of my car and I've had some beep me for like maybe that I was texting but like no 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 I'm just writing down this idea like let me be and then then I'll like stick the receipt to my radio and I'll have to carry the receipt and when I get home like put it in my journal because you you have to because they're so sometimes they're so um flittery yeah but they can be so profound yes so profound like everything makes sense yeah (laughs) I um I have a lot of ideas in the shower which is the Mm. one place that I can't quite work out how to record and there'll be so many times when I get out and I'll be just before the show and I'm doing all my like you know self-love rituals in there (laughs) and then I'll get this great idea I'll get out and be like what was that thing that I just came up with (laughs) it was the best thing ever it was the best thing ever but you know and then the music goes on and I just you know, see the bright lights often and mm. just go out and just do. Mm. And so that's why I've got to really get a lot better at recording my performances or getting people to record my performances. Yeah. Cause because they are incredible too. Even just <laughs> the ones I've seen, like, no, it is. Like, it's, you can tell they're channeled. And Thank you. Yeah, it's so mesmerizing. Like, mm. you, like no one's looking away. Like, <laughs> I would hope not. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, and if they do, you're like, I'm staring at them to look back at me. <laughs> yeah. 
Yeah. Were your eyes are wondering? <laughs> Back like, here. Are you paying attention? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Wait, their face. Like, oi, oi. <laughs> yeah. I love that. I think that comes from like a lot of that old school belly dancing, you know, restaurant dancing, wedding dancings mm. where you're interacting with the audiences and you've got to get people up. Yeah. So you have to be able to read a crowd. That would be terrifying because no one wants to get up usually. Well, well you see, people okay, tell say us your that tricks. there's a few people that always want to get up and you've got to look for their eyes How like do you when tell? you're sitting down. It's this particular glisten you know and then edging on the seat like and then whispering to friends often is like oh yeah and some people are just so into it but also the best one is just kids kids love yeah. it because they don't have those boundaries they don't think oh I'm gonna look silly when I get up yeah they're like oh sparkly yeah. I can join you yeah and they get up and they get involved and it's so, so fun cute. so kids are always the first one yeah. <laughs> and then you know the people that just you can see it in their eyes and then yeah. there's the people which these ones you know they've wasted a lot of the time where you ask them and they say no 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 but they're looking at me like they want to get up and yeah. I'm like well I'll keep asking because I can see you do and then all of a sudden they're like oh go on then and it's like you should have just said yes straight away babe I've only got three tracks <laughs> run down a time but I guess people have to come to things in their own yeah, time yeah yeah <laughs> I'm just there it's to push them like, oh no not me I'm not very good up next like Choo. yeah you can't get them off stage yeah. <laughs> oh that's so good yeah I think you know one of my favorite performances recently was when I the first time I actually started using my voice um mm. and did a again this is like what does your pieces look like I was given f- total freedom and so yep. for my first ever speaking role I wrote a 10 minute monologue did a 10 minute like co- dance while speaking with, the monologue with poems and stuff in throughout so it was a wi- oh, cool. it was a witchy act because I thought if I'm talking yep. I need to feel comfortable so I need to just go on the stages myself <laughs> so I did a witch thing <laughs> I was like at least I can find comfort and I can have all my little trinkets that remind me of yeah. things and turn them into the act yeah, that's cool. And so, you know, I am ambitious. Yeah. <laughs> I wrote it a little bit before and took it in to show the producer. Yeah. And it was terrible, to be honest. And she told me that. And she scratched Did she? Like, well, she didn't say it like that. Okay, she yeah, was yeah. very good on her delivery. Yeah. But she's like, let's workshop this. And oh, that's she nice, worked with it? me yeah. to create something that the next day I went in and she was like, mm, I like half of this. And then so I was like, <sighs> okay, sweet. And the performance is the next day, mind you. Then I wrote it in the morning. She's like, call me by 11 and we'll do it over the phone. And so I did that and she was like, you know when you put someone under pressure, 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 and then you get exactly what you wanted? Yeah. She had a great art of doing that. Yeah. Um, Helen Hopecroft. Okay, and the cool show was name. for Mad Bitches. Yeah, she's she's pretty amazing. And yeah. she did it in such a kind, caring way that I didn't realise that I was getting critiques and, you know, yeah, too yeah, much. Yeah. It, was, it, it was a really great delivery, but it pushed me to find the words that I wanted to say yep. because I was too busy saying all the words I thought I needed to. Yeah. That's and such a big thing, hey. Like, I was actually having a conversation with a friend the other day because we had this, yeah, I got this book and it's like book of book of utopian erotic and it's like Ooh. all the drawings, this like ladies just drawn of just like free like sexual beings like just yeah. having a beautiful time and like just talking about uncensoring her art. Yeah. And we said this conversation like it's actually so hard to uncensor yourself. Mm-hmm. from what is sellable from what's presentable yeah. 
from what you're allowed to say, from what you're not allowed to say, what's not offensive. And, like, yeah, how possible... It just got me thinking. I was like, wow, how much do I censor my own art Mm. out of... Or how much do every artist censor our own art when it's actually our biggest power? Like, artists have one of the freest roles. Definitely. And potentially most powerful roles you can play with because you're free to roam anywhere Mm. under the title of artist. Yeah. Which is crazy, but then we don't use that to our advantage sometimes. Yeah, <laughs> like, definitely. Like, you can be passed off as, like, oh, they're just an artist. Yeah. So we can technically get away with anything. Yeah. But yet we censor ourselves. Definitely. So much. It's like, where will we it's, fit? It's so weird. Yeah. It is. And that's why I think it's always nice, you know, even coming here today, it's like we're mm. looking inside the artist's room because it's like, mm. well, there's the art that you show people, but then there's all the art that you create that you're not showing anyone. Yeah. And that is completely personal or different yeah. stages of your life. And, you know, I think that's such an interesting, juicy place to play in yeah. because it's like, oh, what is the uncensored version? Mm. And I've been, you know, ripping away these things that I thought I had to be for so mm. long that that's become, you know, uh, a habit now is like oh well if I think I need to do something I'm looking at that being like well why do I need to do that yeah that's who really says that when did I decide that upon myself and is yeah. it still relevant mm. and so what I'm creating is completely different to anything that I've ever done before mm. because it feels a lot truer to who I am and how I want to show up and less about you know what people want to see yeah because people want to see you as authentic as they can now people can really tell when someone's acting a way they've yeah they've copied or something Mm. like you can really tell now when someone's really being them yeah and I think it's just nice like yeah seeing people like you even it just it gives you permission to be like oh I can be more myself yeah because they're being more themselves yeah definitely and that it's that you know when I think about why do I perform which is something mm-hmm. I'm constantly yeah. asking myself like, why am I why do I do this and it is to create the collecting all your yeah, costumes like, why am I doing like, this why to myself so many things that don't make sense <laughs> and you know it is to create that space where people can feel the way that I feel which mm. is very deeply and very freely you know yeah. I like to feel all of my emotional landscape and mm. I don't think that enough people get that chance yeah and so when you create something that might make someone uncomfortable or think outside the box which is now more that I, what I'm going for instead of just I'm here to entertain you and put a smile on your face yeah which was like the OG version yeah. <laughs> which was really good to get me here yeah but once you have that experience now I have the freedom to kind of pick and choose and the people that come up to me after my shows and they break down crying and they just are they share with me these really personal intimate moments of their lives that they've seen me up there working through my stuff and they're that gives them the encouragement to do that and to show them that it's safe and that you can do it and it is okay because you know the first time that I decided I'm going to try and make people cry with this performance was a whole different ball game because I'd only ever wanted people to smile when they saw did me you, dancing. Did, did it happen? Like, what, what, oh, did you yeah. channel? Yeah. yeah, people were... I had multiple people come up to me <laughs> being like, I was bawling my eyes out. And even years after that, it was I was just doing this trash mermaid piece. Yeah. And I, like, cov- I made the costume and it was just plastic everywhere and it was this really intense song. Yeah. And I was angry and I was furious mm. and I've never embodied that on stage mm. and I was just but then from that fury it went into the heartbreak that yeah. of like you know that is we so are killing so our closely world. to anger I was fine as soon as I'm angry especially about the earth things mm. and like just so many awful things that happen like 
with that anger is like this deep pain yeah and like grief and that you know we need to hold space for that and show mm. show that to people because there are so many other people that have those exact same feelings mm. but there's something in the world that's telling them don't sit in it don't feel it and it's, or, it's hard to express like i've actually oh, yeah. <laughs> interesting thing i like i have really struggled with that even last few years you just see so many injustices mm. and part of me once I get so angry people like be like I can't imagine you angry I'm like I get furious like I'm yeah. so angry yeah but how do you show it <laughs> like without, without also yeah. being like you're like that's not my whole identity like I'm gonna turn on social media <laughs> like <laughs> really angry like yelling those things because in the moment that teen express it but yeah mm. often then it does come down to movement yeah is the way or like little poems or little words yeah. and it's these like subtle ways which are a nice way to integrate it but yeah it's sad that we can't just be like Mm. angry and but left as that's an expression not to take on as a whole identity yeah that's so hard it is and I think now it's like you know you want to be able to show one part of yourself and have recognized that that's just a part and that's in in a moment there it might not be the essence of who you are at your core (laughs) but I think you know movement is the best way how am I going to make these feelings be okay? Well, you move through them Mm. and then it reaches your cell body level and then it releases out. Mm. And so you're not ignoring them and you're not pretending that they don't exist or that they're not there. You're giving them their moment to shine Mm. and then they go away. Yeah. Like that's emotions are always going to flow through in and out. And it's like getting stuck in any particular one that I think can get a bit dangerous and can get quite dark Mm. or, you know, in other senses, that perpetual happiness cycle that people are, like, must I be know. happy all the time. I'm like, I don't know. Are you sure? <laughs> You're not looking very happy. It's like sit in it, feel it, move them all around. Yeah, <laughs> yeah let's actually let's talk about your yeah your dreams and visions for the future mm. at the moment. Yeah, and if you'd like to share to just how your Mexico thing came about, because I don't think you've shared yeah. that yet. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, I think for me, you know, I'm always keeping eyes out for opportunities. Yeah. They say, you know, if you're working in your passion, like you never work a day of your life or other people say, I well, you, you work every time. day. <laughs> yeah. It's like, well, you can never turn it off. And so when I hear opportunities, I've learned to jump. and grab them because you never know when something like that's going to come along. Mm. So a very dear friend of mine is quite well established over in Tulum at the moment and has been there for a number of years and is living this lifestyle that is, you know, sounds amazing. (laughs) She's in production and arts and events and, you know, all the things that work really well with a performance (laughs) artist. And so having the idea that I wanted to move and change my life was kind of there. I was like, Mm. oh, I'm feeling a bit stagnant. It's time to shake it up. And, you know, having ideas of going to Melbourne was felt really good. But then someone just puts this opportunity in Mm. front of you. And I think, like, I've wanted to travel. I've wanted to do things for my personal life that are, like, long extended travel. And so why not meld all these together? Mm. And so to kind of have someone give you a leg up feels like a great opportunity to jump at. Mm. And be like, we've got a spare room. (laughs) Yeah, and there's, like, the safety net of, you know, a room in a house with someone I know I already love and adore that will, you know, help to show me the ways of living there and so I can get into a deep level of culture. Yeah. Because I think for me, you know, my aspirations are 
always to immerse myself in the mm. art, not to just see it. Yeah. And so you, you do go to those deeper levels and you have to know the locals and people mm. that are doing things. The next phase for me is all about learning and development. Yeah. You know, I've spent a lot of time getting to this stage and I feel like I can do things that I'm doing quite comfortably and I could just coax like yep. that forever but I want to learn more and I want to be in big groups yep. like I want to join a big fire troop where yep. there's a whole bunch of us on stage and you get that energy from each other and I want to learn from people who have you know created a space over there there's a lot of like conscious movement mm. um, that's so well established over there yeah and I think I can just drop into that and just be a little sea sponge and just absorb absorb yeah. absorb you know <laughs> Because I want to be doing big things. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> like, I, I like I like what I do now. It's great. Yeah. But I feel like it can be bigger. And this is, like, the time of my life. This is the moment where I've got enough experience to back myself, mm. but also enough foresight to know I can go further. Um, is there anything – I was going to ask if you'd like to do your spoken word, but is there anything else you'd like to add that we didn't – that you feel would like to – pop in there um I think that I would just like to you know say a big thank you and a shout out to you for creating (laughs) something like this you know time time to sit and talk about the things Mm. that are real and true and then you know that's then wrapped in this layer of magic which is what it all feels like so I think I really respect that thank you so much and I'm so Mm. grateful and I'm so excited to end the podcast with some of your spoken word. Yes, so this I did write just for today. I know, extra special. I I feel so (laughs) (laughs) Yes, well, um, a lot of my spoken word is mm, dark and twisted and, you know, not so uplifting where this podcast feels uplifting. (laughs) So I decided to just make something just for you. And plus it was a full moon, so, you know, usually I'm writing anyway, Mm. which was really nice. So I guess here it goes. (laughs) (laughs) Just for you, Julia. (laughs) All right. Pitter-patter, baby steps, deep breath in, three more reps. Open wide, feel inside, cosy warm. No need to hide. Dreaming big, grow like fig. Trees that stretch while minds pay fetch. Never ending lives left pending. Wasted breath will be your death. Choose colour, choose life. Move through your strife. Find your wings, enjoy what life brings. Taste it, don't waste it, make magic real. Face it, don't place it in a box you can't feel. Hold your head high, beaming with pride. Reach for those stars, team up, turn tides. thank you to everyone who has listened to making magic real this year if you liked this episode it would mean the world if you were able to leave a review or a star rating on spotify also cat when they were in newcastle was performing and creating a lot alongside jess who was on episode 18 of making magic real so if you enjoy this insight into the life of a performer i highly recommend that episode too 
Thanks again for being here and I hope you have a magical end of the year. Much love, sending you big hugs and see you soon. Bye.